the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. That which we care about the most is usually that which we put on display. So here's the question. How about your faith? Is that on display? Let's talk about that next, shall we? It is a faith that is on display. It's found in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 29 through 40. It's a look at those nameless, faceless people who have served Christ faithfully. And as a result, were placed right there in the hall of faith. So at the end of the day, at the end of your life, would you qualify for the hall of faith? Let's talk about that and be encouraged to be just that. People who put their faith on display. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. All the people in the list, they're known for their faith. Their only virtue is faith because they all blow it some way. Abraham lies about his wife. Gideon sets up an idol in a house. He still took credit for the battle. But he knows it wasn't the army that did it. He only had 300 men. We are such egomaniacs. We'll always take the glory and leave God out. That's why faith always gives God the glory. Faith will trust him to do what you know you can't do. It's, it's the remarkable story. Well, he keeps showing. He mentions other people. Barak, you wouldn't even know that in the book of Judges. And Barak wasn't worth spit if he didn't have Deborah. That's why my daughter loves her name. She said, you men couldn't make it without us Deborahs. Huh? You read the story. Barak was afraid to go to war. And then Deborah, she's a prophetess. She tells him to go. And then get this. Barak goes to war and they win the battle. And guess who kills the king? A little woman by the name of J.L. who drove a tent spike through his skull. The Bible is not boring, friend. You better gear up for it. I mean, when he's asleep, she gets over there, boom, puts it through. The king couldn't say, I defeated the king. A woman did. And a prophetess told him to go to war. Barak, you're doing good to even be mentioned. How much God has gotten done in this world through godly women who believe him. They've waited a long time on some of those deadbeat men to get with the stick. Have you all, I used to quote that wonderful theological line. We often tell women to follow the men. And I heard it said, it's hard to follow a park truck. <laughs> Where are you going? Are you going anywhere? Well, let's move right on. Uh, that's convicting. Uh, then we come to Samson. Wow. 
You mean Samson's mentioned for his faith? He really was. But it doesn't mention all of his women. His virtue was faith. But he was flawed to the hilt. He was a he-man with she-trouble. You know, that's kind of good, isn't it? He-man he with she-trouble. How many men have been ruined because they didn't know what to do with women? And we always blame the women. No. A little wine, a little wealth, and a woman has ruined more men than you can shake a stick at. And let's not blame the women. God made them to be pretty. And we just don't know. The eyes of man are never satisfied. When you've got, a, when you've got 500 of them in the harem, might as well add 500 more. Hey, Solomon, I just figured that out. It'd take me three years if I visit the harem every night with a different woman. It'd take me three years to find out who I'm married to. That's a little scary. Especially when you're getting as old as me. I just can't imagine. <laughs> Samson, though, is known for the strength God gave him. Strength. Because even when he died, he trusted God, pulled the pillars down, and the Philistines, a great party. But it was faith they're being commended for, not their mistakes. Not their mistakes. There are no heroes in the Bible but God. All human heroes are flawed. Because our faith does not rest in men, but in God. Do you find that hard to believe? When did God tell you to put your faith in Samson? When did God tell you to put your faith in me? I don't save. I don't save. I don't heal. I'm not what this church needs. What this church needs is God. It needs Christ. It needs the Holy Spirit. It needs the Word. I'm just privileged to speak. And today as I prayed, I thought, is it not a joke that God calls us mere men to speak for Him? How do you speak for the voice of eternity? How do you represent an all-knowing, perfect being that speaks universes into existence? And I get up and say, what you really need to hear is me. No, 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 no. I don't, if I were God, I would have changed the plan. I would have sent a CD that we play every Sunday. And we can get the perfect pitch, the perfect voice, and the perfect message. But God, some way, has humbled himself to use people like you and I. I heard J. Vernon McGee say, I wouldn't go across the street to hear myself preach. And I've joined him. Here's Jephthah. A man that made a foolish vow, pledged his daughter's life if God would give him a victory. And God did it. They, they won spectacularly and he came home and gave her up. He either sacrificed her or gave her up to perpetual virginity. There's debates on how that goes. He goes on to mention David. And think of David and the five smooth stones and that great feat of faith there in 1 Samuel 17. Samuel, the prophets, what did they do? They conquered kingdoms. Read the book of Judges. They brought justice. They shut the mouths of lions. Daniel, in the lion's den, by faith he tried. Who really shut the mouth of the lion? Was it Daniel or was it God? 
in all of these, it's God. All God is looking for is someone that will believe him. By faith, this happened. My faith, God's supernatural power. My faith towards his ability, he does it though. Lion, you don't see Daniel wrestling in the lion's den. That lion was hungry. Could have gone three days without food. If you read the whole narrative, they didn't have any problem killing the other men. They say threw them in there. They broke their bones. They say they broke their bones by the time they hit the bottom of the pit. That's how ferocious and hungry they were. And the jaw of the lion was locked all night as long as Daniel's down there. When you trust God, lions are no problem. If he chooses to lock their jaw. Then, he goes on to say, quench the fury of flames, the Hebrew children. Well, king, whether God delivers us or not, we're not afraid of you, nor your decree. We're not going to bow. And we love the story. We love the story. They went in, and they weren't singed. They weren't burned. What you write, read in the rest of history, thousands went into the furnace, and the heat was there, and they were roasted alive. And he comes to that part. But this is the conquering, the great feats that God has done for his people, for those who believed him. They routed foreign armies. Women received their children back from the dead. It's like with Elijah and Elisha. And all of a sudden, in verse 35, he makes a eek as a, the hinge of a door. He goes to a different category. He's going from the conquering power of faith to the continuing remaining under pressure when you're suffering and there seems to be no deliverance in view. And look what he says. Verse 35. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured. Wait, wait. By faith? I thought this was the list of what faith has accomplished. Some were tortured. Some of those who live by faith in God were tortured, refusing to accept release. They knew they had a better life to come. They suffered mocking and flogging, chains, imprisonment, stoning, sawn in two, killed with a sword, ran around in sheepskin, goatskins, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, notice, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts, mountains, and in dens and caves of the earth. The word torture, just give you one word, is from a, a Greek word that meant a drum kettle. And what it was, they would take a person and stretch them out on the kettle, as it were, Stretch. Sometimes they would break the bones and dislocate you by all the stretching. Oftentimes they would just take a club and beat you to death while you were stretched out on this drum. So the torturing was horrendous. You only need to read church history to read about Diocletian and men that would melt lead and pour it in the eardrums of Christians or cut their tongues out or disembowel their pregnant wives, on and on. 
just because they named Jesus Christ as Savior. It said that uh, they were killed by the sword, they were afflicted, they were stoned, even as Stephen was. Uh, They were sown in two. Jewish tradition tells us that Manasseh, who was the son of Hezekiah, had the prophet Isaiah sawn in two. They only had wooden saws, and they put him uh, in a tree trunk, and they began to saw him in two, and uh, they got halfway through his body, and this is what uh, it said about him. They cut him in two with a wooden saw, and as they were cutting him, Isaiah uttered no complaint and shed no tears. But he ceased not to commune with the Holy Spirit until the saw had cloven him to the middle of his body. And it's repeated thousands of times in church history. It's amazing what people have suffered for who claim the faith like we do. Have you ever suffered for Christ? Would you be insulted if you did have to suffer for him? Would you continue? Would you remain steadfast? Or would you bail out? You know, we kind of jokingly uh, talked about people who quit coming, let's say, during the road construction. A little inconvenience for an American Christian is suffering. Kind of torture. Or people getting their feelings hurt. Or church spats that are not worthy to be mentioned. They're so infantile, so far down the line. You know why a lot of times we don't know each other and why we get picky with each other? We've never suffered together. We used to have a woman and her husband that came to this church. Harlan was uh, in the military, American soldier, met Bobby uh, in England. And Bobby would often go in and tell about how great life was in Britain when they were being bombed. And when they were hiding in the subways. And they had the daily drill, especially when Hitler was bombing them nightly and going to bring London to its knees and going to leave it nothing but ashes. Then they, you know, even at one time, Germans were sending, at the end, they were sending rockets and Uh, How do you defend against rockets in the 40s? But she used to talk with somewhat of a fondness of how the British people, we came together in those subways and in all those hiding places. She said, I never felt more British and I never felt closer to the British people than when we were hiding together and here having our city bombed to ashes up above us. But we actually were suffering together. It is hard to preach and to satisfy opulent, materialistic, hedonistic, self-centered people. And I think the great challenge and conviction to my own heart, what in the world do I have in common with such a suffering group of people? All I could say is I believe in the same God, but I've not had to suffer to know him. I've been spared that. 
I guess the thing that haunts me, I'm asking myself, would I suffer? And it scares me to think of answering it. And he finally says here, And all these, though commended through their faith, they did not receive what was promised. And the primary promise was Messiah. The Messiah's coming. Oh, there's a promised land. There's a city that Abraham sought. He never got the city. He never saw the Messiah physically, tangibly. He's going to come out of my body. He's going to come out of my family tree. But I never did see him. Did you know what he's saying to these believers that are being persecuted? Some are weighing whether I abandon Christianity altogether. And he's writing a book to encourage them. Don't give up. Don't turn back. Christ is really the real thing. Don't abandon your faith in him, even if it gets rough, even if it gets tough. Look, I'm telling you what the people of God, I'm, I'm giving you Jewish history of what your people have been through already. They weren't wrong. The Messiah came. The Messiah came. The city will come. We may die without getting all that was promised, but faith is the foundation in our being of things hoped for in the future. And it is a conviction that things I've not yet seen are real, though I've not yet seen them. Hebrews 11.1, 1, that's what he says. So he's telling these people, don't give up your hope. Don't give up your faith. And it won't always be rosy. I think sometimes when we can preach, we all want to say, look, faith can deliver you from the lion's den. Yes, and faith can also enable you to go into that den and not come out alive. It did in church history. Thousands never came home. Thousands saw their children and wife killed. And even if they're burning them at the stake. Last year I gave all of our elders and deacons a book of church history. And every day, and many days, of uh, it's like a, a daily devotional of church history. And every day, every other day it seems like you read about another martyr or another person that was persecuted. My, my, it, it's not the way I want to start my day. Sometimes our persecution is we're trying to overcome the lukewarmness and the touchiness we have for one another. When all the time Jesus said, they'll only know you, watch this, hear me, because you've got the right doctrinal creed. Is that what he said? They'll know you because they can see you observed observing you manifest a supernatural kind of love. And I think they'll see you in the struggles of life, either being delivered or submitting to it by the will of God. God, I've been trusting you a long time. I think of a, a dear woman who used to sit second or third row for years, had five sons, and many times sat during a service with her head down. She wouldn't look at me. Because she'd been praying and fasting over 30 years, at least 30 years, for God to save one of those boys. And none of them were saved up to that time and none as of today, as far as I know. What if she dies without any of them being saved? Was she a fool 
to trust God for them. The faith that perseveres even when deliverance does not come. I think of Amy Carmichael, wonderful, wonderful missionary to India. And in her latter days, she had a horrendous fall, wound up being bedfast, and out of that being restricted to a bed, we got all, so much of her wonderful poetry and her writing. But you know what? She died an invalid in the faith. A Fanny Crosby, all of her life, writing the song, she said, you know, heaven will be much more to me than any of you, for my first time to ever have sight will be when I see Jesus, for I've never been privileged to see in this life. Uh, sometimes I see the greatest faith manifested in the greatest suffering and remaining under the pressure. Not everyone is delivered. They die of disease. They die of persecution. They die of rejection. They die of a thousand different things. So faith isn't only I conquer, I'm promoted, I got a new job, I got more money, I got bigger positions. So what? What about a sister over here or a brother over here? They're still poor in Guatemala. We got a church up in Salem. They visit the dumps of Guatemala every year. Sean and some of the men plan to go with them. Why, can God have any of his children living at a dump? You better believe it. Anglos and whites and Americans aren't the only ones that name his name. There's a whole lot of people in this world that have little or nothing. They're thankful they can get sanitized water that are God's children. And they just keep serving him, keep loving him, keep being true. And sometimes we just gripe. It can never get good enough for us. God deliver us from the whining of American culture. We are blessed, 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 blessed. Faith conquers. Faith sometimes continues when it doesn't seem to be well in suffering. And he finally says there that we are all completed. What we've got in common with Old Testament saints and what we share together is we've all, they had to live in expectation of Messiah coming. And we know that he has come. And we're in unity here together that we all believe the promise of God. We have known that he came. Abraham was longing for it, but we're joined together by this common faith that says, we believe the promises of God. And guess what? The greatest virtue any of you have, the greatest virtue is to say, I'm a believer. I believe God when he says it. Well, were you a prostitute? Maybe. Were you a thief? Maybe. Were you an immoral person? Maybe. You don't want to line up what I've been, where I've been, what I've done. My only virtue is in time God enabled me to take him at his word. And in time I believe the only virtuous thing a thief ever did in his life 
is on the cross. He said, thou art the Christ. And I believe if you give the word, I could spend eternity with you. This day, I'll see you in paradise. And he was on the cross for murder and insurrection. So he took a man on death row, dying in the electric chair. And he said, by the way, because you finally in life, believe me. It's the first time you've ever believed God. I'll see you there. This is our gospel. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855 833 9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also be able to find out more about Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, who we are, what we believe, worship times, directions, and the like. Again, truthfortodayradio.org. Or, again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.